Jaya Radha Madhava Punjabi Hari Gopijana Vallabha Ustuva Monayak Rishta Krishnam Tad Guya Namabi Krishnam Tad Guya Namabi 
Tataste Krishna Vidayan Swasadang Swasraman Prayayopunam Tustibu Manayo Vishta Krishnam Taguya Namabi Tataste Krishna Swasraman Payayupuna Tushtubu Manayo Rishya Krishnam Taguya Namabi Tataste Krishna Vidaya Anam praya yupuna. Lumanaya krishta. Namayamabi. Edithakidaya. Namaya yubaha. Yavishta Satisfied. Munayo, the great sages headed by Vyasadeva and so on. Vista, all in happy mood. Krishnam, unto Lord Krishna, the personality of Godhead. Tad, his, Guya, confidential. Namabi, 
by his holy name and so on. Tatas thereafter. Te they. Krishna Ridaya. Persons who always who bear always. Lord persons who bear always. Lord Krishna in their heart. Swashraman in their respective hermitage. Hermitage. Prayayu returned. Puna again. Translation. All the great sages then glorified the Lord Krishna present there by confidential Vedic hymns. Thereafter, all of them returned again to their respective hermitage, bearing always Lord Krishna within the heart. I'll read it again. All the great sages then glorified the Lord Krishna present there by confidential Vedic hymns. Thereafter, all of them returned again to their respective hermitages, bearing always Lord Krishna within the heart. Purport. The devotees of the Lord are always in the heart of the Lord, and the Lord is always in the heart of the devotees. That is the sweet relation between the Lord and his devotees. Due to unalloyed love and devotion for the Lord, for the the devotees always see him within themselves and the Lord also, although he has nothing to do and nothing to aspire, is always busy in the matter of well-being of his devotees. For the general living beings, the law of nature is there. For all actions and reactions of the individual beings, but for the devotees of the Lord, he is always anxious to put them on the right path. The devotees are therefore under the direct care of the Lord, as much as the Lord also voluntarily puts himself under the care of his devotees only. So all the sages headed by Vyasadeva were devotees of the Lord, and therefore they chanted the Vedic hymns after the funeral ceremony, just to please the Lord who is present there personally. All the Vedic hymns are chanted for pleasing the Lord Krishna. This is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita that all the Vedas, Upanishads, Vedanta, and so on are seeking him only. And all hymns are for glorifying him only. The sages, therefore, did the exact act suitable for the purpose and happily they divided they departed for their respective hermitage. So this is the uh, conclusion of the passing of, of Bhishma Dave. It's uh, been a very exciting chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam that we've had a, one of our great Mahajans, Bhishma Dave the uh, grandfather of the Pandavas and the Kuruvas. And he was uh, had one one of these people that had this magic quality of, of 
being liked by everybody. This is uh, pretty rare, actually. Uh, once a year, we have a celebration for Jayananda Prabhu. I don't know if none, any of you have ever heard of Jayananda Prabhu. Jayananda was the uh, one of Srila Prabhupada's first disciples in San Francisco. And he had this quality that he was just very uh, merciful and friendly and loving, and, and he, he never he never had time for criticizing other people. You never hear Jayananda in a conversation of of uh, criticizing another Vaishnava. He would always just be uh, engaging people in Krishna service. He started the. Uh, he was one of a, the first devotees in San Francisco. He was taxi cab driver, and he he was one of the most responsible people in the temple. And Srila Prabhupada made him a temple president and gave him the task of coming up with Rathyatra. Rathyatra is the one time of the year where Krishna comes out of the temple and rides on a cart to give his darshan to everybody this is especially significant in Jagannath Puri because a lot of people are restricted from entering the temple there. So, Krishna is uh, very merciful, like it's mentioned here, that he's always thinking about his devotees and how to how to please his devotees. And Jayananda Prabhu was uh, kind of a manifestation of, of Prabhupada's mercy, merciful aspect. And he made a Jayapataka Swami into a devotee. By uh, he was building the Rathyatra carts. Jayananda designed. Well, Prabhupada actually came up with the first design for a Rathyatra cart. He drew on a, drew a picture on a napkin. So we've had Rathyatra festivals for um, a long time. This is a very important aspect of Krishna. When he comes out and he, he sees his devotees, like for instance, uh, Haridas Thakur was not actually allowed into the Jagannath temple. Because he was from a Muslim family. So he would see Lord Jagannath when Lord Jagannath would come out of the temple for Rathyatra. So, Jayananda had uh, the service that he would build, that he designed a, a Rathyatra cart that would be more or less like the one in Puri. And he, had, he never uh, really built anything before like that, you know, but he, you know, he knew how to take care of wood. So he was building the cart, and uh, Jay Patakaswami was just coming down the street. He came to San Francisco. In San Francisco, they, in 1967, there was an event called the Summer of Love. And uh, for devotees, this is an interesting part of history because um, there's a lot of uh, information, or so history on this. And in that summer of 1967, in San Francisco... 
uh, many thousands of young people came from all over the country looking for something better, something uh, uh, they were frustrated with, with, with just gross materialism that, that America had been enjoying for many years. And there was a big interest in uh, knowledge from the East. So uh, we know that knowledge comes from the East because there is a Krishna comes from the East. Krishna appears in the East. There's a the earth is compared in the fifth canto of the Bhagavatam to uh, it's called Chambadweep. And it has these different islands, which we call continents. And one of them is called Vartavarsha. So Vartavarsha is a special place because uh, Krishna chose that part of the world to appear and perform his pastimes. So, <coughs> excuse me. So Vartavarsha is another name for India. I think on the stamp for India, they had the word Bharat written in Sanskrit. Am I right? So Bharatavarsha is the place where Krishna originally appeared. And it's also the place where uh, this whole story of Bhishma Dev took place. So originally, India was a great superpower that spread all over the world, which was called the Vedic culture. And this was because at that time, the uh, world was run by a couple of different families. Actually, it's always been run by a few families. Nowadays, we have what people call conspiracy theorists. Um, what they've done is simply put together you know, the history of the world and realize that the whole entire planet is run by just a few people that there's just a couple of really powerful families that, that have always run the world. This has actually been a sort of a natural uh, way of history. Uh, I think uh, in Shakespeare, anybody who's ever read Shakespeare, we know that it was all about, uh, the, he would write about the political situation in the 1500s and back then, it was a similar situation that there was just a few families that were running the whole world. And then, in this case, uh, the families were the Kuravas and the Pandavas. So, in this, the Srimad Bhagavatam is, is uh, part of the Mahabharata, or you could say Mahabharata is part of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Yes, the Srimad Bhagavatam has a lot of a uh, Mahabharata in it. Uh, a lot of a lot of the stories are there, and basically the whole world was uh, dependent on these kings, you know, and then how they would take care of the citizens. So mostly. Uh, Christian consciousness, a, a, a ruler has to be concerned about the, the welfare of the citizens. That's really uh, the, the main I, problem with modern leadership is is that you know everybody's wondering well, why why don't we have good leadership because the leaders are all interested only in their personal uh, ambitions. 
So we don't have that real concern for the citizens, you know, that real care for their welfare. So Bhishma Dave was a great uh, well-wisher of the Pandavas, and he wanted to see Maharaj Yudhisthira become the king. Even though he was, but he was obligated to fight on the on the Kurava side because of the uh, just under the circumstances. So he uh, ended up in this situation where he he didn't he could have probably won the the war in Kurukshetra, but he didn't really want to see the Kuravas win. But then he was obligated to try to to try his best. <laughs> so he got into a, a into the battle of Kurukshetra, and he went ahead and uh, lost. Personally, you know that he he was uh, he was winning, and then and then Krishna stepped in because Krishna wasn't going to let Arjuna get killed. So Krishna grabbed a chariot wheel. And threatened Bhishma Dave with it. So, at the end of the, the day, Bhishma Dave was uh, lying on a bed of arrows. Krishna didn't actually use the chariot wheel. He uh, he threw it over his shoulder, and it flew across India and landed in a place called uh, Ekachakra. So, Ekachakra means. Uh, it means the single wheel. It means the wheel. You know, the the, the chakra is the wheel. So that uh, chakra just happened to be the place where Lord Nityananda appeared four thousand five hundred years later. <laughs> so there's no coincidences in these things. So that was the the situation of the time that the whole world was run by one by one family or another. So Bhishma Dev was wanting to establish a good king so that people wouldn't suffer so much. So he um, was very happy to see that Maharaj Yudhisthira was taking over the throne. And once he saw that that, that was in place, then he was satisfied to leave the, the world and go back to Godhead. He went to the Vaikuntha planets, was mentioned. So that's something that, that's the ultimate reward of being Krishna conscious, that you can, that you have love for Krishna and his devotees, and then you can go back to the spiritual world. Like Bhishma Dev, you never have to suffer anymore in material existence. He finishes material existence. And the Vedic Empire is our we have a little we have our Srimad Bhagavatam history of the world which is uh different than what you might learn in a public school. Uh, in public school I remember I was sent here to school in America and we I remember in second grade they taught me the origin of the universe. They had some pictures, uh drawings of course, yeah real pictures of this stuff. But they said that um, 
the first set, there was uh, gases. And then the gases started swirling for some reason. And then they uh, formed into masses. And the gases turned into masses, and then the masses turned into water um, due to a swirling motion. Somehow there's, there's some kind of energy that's making everything swirl. So then the water um, churned up uh, the first living organisms, which were like uh, small little microbes that that somehow adapted or evolved. Not really sure exactly. You know, nobody was there, but it, it must have happened like this because uh, because we could see that there were swirling masses and gases, and then there was some kind of life, and then that life was uh, turned into fish, and then the fish, and then there was actually a picture in my science book that showed a the fish coming out of the water and then growing legs. Not really sure why, but. Now the fish isn't happy in the water anymore, so he wants to come out and he grows legs, and then uh, this this kind of like reptile creature becomes uh, dinosaurs, and then they somehow all disappeared, and then there was uh, there was these uh, monkeys that turned into people, and not really sure how that happened, but somewhere along the line, a monkey gave birth to a human, and then. Uh, those humans uh, evolved. They bec- they started off they were like ooga booga cavemen, and then they became more sophisticated and gr- developed uh, great empires. You know, civilizations like in Egypt, and then they mysteriously built pyramids and and other things that couldn't have been built with without uh, machines. But they did it with mantra, and then there was. But anyway, then these these civilizations came about, and then there was uh, weaponry, and then they just invented sewers and cities, and and became uh, you know better weapons systems, and and then we had a you know industrial revolution, and then people started inventing really fantastic things like cars and airplanes, and, and uh, now we have our modern society, and everybody has a cell phone, and. We're flying. We have many satellites. So in this way, it's presented that there was uh, that life just comes from from matter. Basically, you know, it's just swirling masses, gases, life. Uh, somehow, people, and then uh, people are born and dying. Uh, not really sure why, how that happens exactly. Everybody, everybody just deals with it. You know, like. They get a certain age. They say, "Oh, I'm getting old. I'm getting too old for this," because the body's always changing. So, this is um, somehow accepted as a fact by by people who are fairly intelligent. You know, they've been to school. But we really we can understand that life can never come from matter like that. There's no life. Always has to come from life. So we have, from the Srimad Bhagavatam, we have a little different way of looking at it. it. Life has always been there. And civilization's always been there. Uh, there is, sometimes the whole universe fills up with water in between the yugas, but still life goes on. 
and then uh, it goes, it's, you know, people are eternal. And Lord Brahma, he created all these different living entities, and then Krishna casts this glance of life on them. And the history is much, goes way back. But we always understand that life comes from life. That's the main point that Bhishvadeva is trying to get. That Krishna is omnipotent. Uh, in the Bible, they summarize the, in the first few pages of the Bible, they kind of summarize creation to make it real simple. You know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Okay, so the holy name is the beginning. In the beginning, uh, Lord Brahma, he heard the word tapa, which means austerity. So, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. And then in seven days, the Lord created the, the, the sun, the earth, all the different planets, all the people, all the different living entities. So, it's very, it's a, it's actually pretty hard to understand the, the great omnipotency of Krishna and how he, how great he really is. If you try to speculate and think about how great God is, it's, 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 it's uh, overwhelming. Like, for instance, God is inside your heart and yours and yours and, and hers. And he's, everything, every single thing that we do, everything we think, God is aware of that. So we're always uh, we're always living entities, and we're always individuals, and that can't be changed. And Krishna is always the supreme supreme Lord, and He's the source of everything. So we all belong to Krishna, and that's what Bhishma Dev is trying to say: is that Krishna cares about his devotees. You should be, if you're his devotee, then he'll care about you then um, you can also go back to Godhead just like he's he's saying that he's doing. And it comes from a loving devotional, devotional service unto Krishna. So when the living entity becomes, uh, meets somebody like Bhishma Dev or Jayananda or another, or Shri Prabhupada, somehow comes in contact with the, with a pure devotee, and they can become engaged in devotional service to Krishna and begin our uh, the end of our sojourn in this material world. You know, we can start uh, our loving devotional service to Krishna in this world is is like a practice, and we can become uh, accustomed to the spiritual spiritual life and go back home, back to Godhead. That's the uh, that's the opportunity that's been given to us through the mercy of people like Bhishmadev, Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam appeared just after the departure of Lord Krishna to his own abode. And it brings light in this dense day, dense darkness of ignorance in Kali Yuga. And Kali Yuga is just like an ocean of of, of ignorance and fa- false lies. You, you, you watch the news, you can't, you, it's just disturbing, you know. It's like, what's going on? It's, there's so much uh, 
so many problems that are not really necessary. But just, you know, do the complicated way people live. And uh, by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada, we we have a, an alternative. And we hear the Srimad Bhagavatam is the, gives the actual real knowledge about what what's taking place both in the material and the spiritual worlds and uh, all the knowledge of devotional service so that we're starting off in Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, hearing about Krishna's greatness and then eventually when you get to the tenth canto you become, learn how to be absorbed in Krishna's loving devotional service. So we think uh, we're at the end now. Bhishma Dev has gone back to Godhead. The, uh, the the party's broken up. Everybody's going going back home, enlivened, feeling Krishna conscious from the whole. It's like going to a great festival, you know. And then they they're all going back to, to their hermitage, which means that they all live in like social uh, in uh, spiritual atmospheres ashrams, all great, great personalities. So it's, it's been a great, great chapter, chapter nine, passing to Bhishma Dave. And those of us who've been coming to class every day or listening in had the privilege of being part of it. We also get to be with Bhishma Dave and Krishna and all these great personalities by coming to the Srimad Bhagavatam class. Hare Krishna. Yes, yeah, Sanat Govinda was just saying how fortunate we are to be involved. This uh, Bhishma Dave great gave instructions on social life, on government, and after, and it was attended by all these great personalities. So, by that association, everybody became very enlivened and learned so much. You know, it was just such a great event to be there for Bhishma Day. Uh, I think we've all we've all had some experience of a of a significant Krishna conscious event in our lives that has made us feel like uh, dedicating our, ourselves to this process. To the path of Christian consciousness. I know myself, well, my first festival was absolutely amazing to me. Uh, it was 1974, and it was the disappearance day of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. And I was living as a brahmachari in the Portland Hare Krishna temple. And at that time, I'd never really s- seen any devotees outside of the Portland Hare Krishna temple which was about maybe 20 of us. Yeah, there's about half a dozen Matajis and about a dozen men. Um, and that was it. You know, we we had a... Back then, ISKCON was kind of... Uh, you're sort of in and out, you know. You didn't really... Like now, you can't really exactly tell exactly where the, the temple ends or as congregation and people that are involved. But back then, it was pretty much you either joined and 
gave your whole life or you didn't or you really weren't part of it you know but i was uh i had an arrangement with my parents that i could live in the temple even though i was only 16 so the temple there had sarvadrik was the sankirtan leader and krita krita it was just like a handful of devotees in this big gigantic city <laughs> We go out on Harinam, and it just seemed like us against the world, you know. Like, so then uh, one day, Dina Bandu, the temple president, announced that we were going to have a festival in Vancouver, and that it was going to be a, like an international festival. And I'd never seen anything like that, so we got in vans and uh, cars, and, and all drove north, and we picked up devotees as we went along. We picked up the whole Seattle temple, which was run by Sukadev at the time. And we picked up uh, some devotees that lived on a farm, Veda Vyas and his family. So by the time we got to Vancouver, we were a caravan of about maybe seven or eight vehicles, vans and cars full of devotees. Pretty close to about 200 devotees. They had this farm, Saranagati. So, so yeah, then it was like, it was all these devotees, you know. I'd, I'd never seen such a a group, you know. Except in this movie, there was a movie called The World of Hare Krishna <laughs> that showed devotees all over the world. But otherwise, I'd only seen the devotees in the Portland Temple. So now we had like close to 200 devotees and going to the full morning program. And then we fasted and we had, uh, everybody was cutting vegetables and getting ready for this big feast that was supposed to be around one o'clock in the afternoon. So then we had, uh, also to me it was an interesting concept that we were having, celebrating the disappearance day. I was, I've celebrated birthdays, but this was a, a death day. We were celebrating a death day. You know, there's birth and death. So devotees, they celebrate death. And I was like, well, why do you do that? Well, somebody goes back to Godhead. Like today we read about Bhishma Day. We went back to the spiritual world. So it's like a jubilation. Somebody leaves their body. I thought that was a really amazing concept. You know? <laughs> so then we heard Let Prabhupada give a lecture on Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. They played a tape. And then we had a... Artik, Noon Artik was supposed to lead to have the feast at, at one o'clock. But it became so ecstatic that the Noon Artik went all the way into the four o'clock Artik. And Sukadeva was leading the Kirtan and he just kept going. And every time we thought we were going to stop, it was so ecstatic singing Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And we just went on and on for like four and a half hours. And then finally, uh, <laughs> about five o'clock, we finally gave in to the prasadam. And then uh, it was a huge feast. The devotees had everything that was cooked in ghee, of course. And they bought these uh, 50-gallon drums. Yeah, brand new, just for this feast. So... Uh, so it was just an amazing feast. There was like there, there was different subjis. Um, there was I remember one thing was glubjimans. 
they had you know this fifty gallon I don't know if you can call it a pot. I mean, it's gigantic, you know. Yeah, completely filled to the top with, with Glubjamins cooked in ghee. You know, they were rolling around like little islands. And then there was uh, sweet rice and pakoras, puris. There was chutney. And there was uh, two two different subjis. And then there was, there was like eggplant balaram and there was... Uh, a big thing of potatoes, sour cream, and turmeric, and cauliflower. That was one of the subjects. I remember this. It's funny. It's so many years ago, and I can still remember the preparations. I can remember the kirtan, the whole thing, because it was a it was a big part of my big impression on me. You know, it had a. I just thought this is. I couldn't. I really just couldn't believe it. You know, it was just amazing. You know that. That how 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 anybody could have this much fun, <laughs> and how you know these people really know how to party. And every I work in the uh, entertainment industry. That's that's what I do. I put on shows. That's that's my work right now. I work as the lighting technician, and uh, I work at Cowboy Stadium and this American Airlines Center. A couple days ago, we put on a show for in Louisville, and I never see people becoming really very happy from anything. You know, I've, I've seen rock and roll, Bollywood, uh, opera, and I've seen so many different attempts to become happy. You know, different kinds of entertainment, and nobody seems to be really blissful from any of this. Um, their hit song comes on, you know, the one that they they used to. But it really just sounds the same as it does on the radio. And people are trying to, you know, find happiness outside, you know, to become diverted from God. That's why they call it in Spanish, uh, having fun is, is the word is divertida, right? In Spanish, fun means divertida. Divertida means, yeah, means a diversion. <laughs> so we divert from Krishna. We're trying to enjoy the material world by diverting from Krishna, but then there's there's no uh, satisfaction there because the satisfaction comes from pleasing Krishna. And, and people try to be satisfied separate from Krishna. They try to divert, yeah. Have it. So therefore in Spanish it's called divertida. Uh, it's the diversion, diversion from Krishna, and uh, that's why we have this. We're so uh, fortunate to get back to the Srimad Bhagavatam, the chanting of the holy names, and uh, the real happiness that we're all striving for. So, thank you for coming, Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai.